Tech plays Friday. I hope they can win. I hope they can. I just want to win. Yeah, I just want to win. Yeah. Forget. And some guy on Twitter was like, "We'll be duped by 20." I was like, uh, "And then you'll wake up from your dream and realize, oops, we lost my game." I hope we win. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Uh, Leela McRae is with me as usual. Before we get started, I uh, want to say to anyone who was listening last week, I went a little off the handle, forgot to take some stuff out. Um, that's on me. I apologize uh, if that upset anybody. I hope we haven't lost any listeners over it, uh, and I'll just have to be better. So... With that being said, we'll move on to high school football. And Leland, let's talk about one of the only teams in the area who won, uh, Riverheads. Uh, Buffalo Gap, also one in the area. We'll get to them here in a second. But Riverheads, uh, classic case of a really good team being a really bad team. Yeah, and you could see it coming. And I'm usually pretty reserved when it comes to my Riverheads homerisms, especially on Friday night football coverage, because, you know, we're covering all the local teams. But, uh, I think I was pretty blatant in the pregame broadcast. I was think I was pretty uh, pregame show. I think I was blatant last week on here that Colonial Beach was outmatched and and they were completely outmatched from the very beginning. And this week Riverheads has Skyline. I mean that's a team with it's going to have more size, you know, comparable roster numbers, but they're going to be outmatched by Riverheads because even best case scenario for Skyline, they they have some size that gives Riverheads trouble. Can can they? play at the level for four quarters they need to to play Riverheads? No, they can't. So I just, Riverheads is going to win that game. Um, I, I don't think it's some 50-point victory that I've seen thrown around on message boards, but <laughs> I do think it'll be, I think it'll it'll be a Riverheads win like we're used to seeing. So Yeah, no, Riverheads is going to control that game. I, I also don't think it'll be 50, but it'll, yeah. it'll be north of three scores. Yeah, I agree. Buffalo Gap, they are the other area team that won over the weekend, uh, they won 42 to 15 and kind of a surprising smackdown of Broadway. I think you and I both picked Buffalo Gap, but we thought it'd be a little bit closer. Yeah, but they they pounded Broadway, which yeah, is I good mean, for I, Gap. I thought I thought Gap would win, but uh, to come out with a team, you know, you play Perry McClure, you play Bath County and those are those pioneer district teams, small numbers. Uh, OK, you pounded on them, but Broadway has a lot of talent. I mean, and, and I know they're owing four now after that loss, but they have a lot of talent on that team and a lot of guys that have played good football and uh i'll you know that's a good sign for gap that they control broadway like that gap is gonna win more games in district than we thought they would before the season started now i i'm not exactly sure what all ones i'm willing to name now but they're gonna win more than we thought they were they're gonna beat this next team we're gonna talk about wilson uh wilson lost handily to spotswood 49 to 18 and just what's gonna be a long year for wilson they're not gonna be a playoff team um, so they can go ahead and get those uh, visions out of their head and just worry about trying to improve as this season goes on. I don't see a path for Wilson to make the postseason at this point. And, if, and they play T.A. coming up. I don't see him winning that game. If a path exists, it includes a win in against T.A. It, it, without a win against T.A., it's not happening. And I don't I don't see it happening. Uh, so throw it. Throw everything you got this week. You know, <laughs> it, you know, trick plays everything. This game means everything for them because there's not a lot of wins uh, ahead of them in the Shenandoah district. And even the ones that we predict could be wins are going to be minimal. So um, any kind of path to a playoff starts this week with T.A. And I, I, I don't understand how that's going to happen. I think T.A. is better football team than Wilson. 
That's that's what I think. Yeah, I, so, I, I mean, it's a shame. I want our local teams doing well. I want our Augusta County teams to win games, but I just I don't see it. I they're just not getting enough out of what they have. They have decent talent on the team. I'm just surprised they they're not getting more out of it. It's just I'm I'm just surprised. I I mean I I, I don't know who you put the blame on. I, I'm not saying it's the kids' fault. I'm not signifying one coach or anything, but they they have talent on that team. I'm just surprised it's not producing more. I do want to go back um, very briefly. Power ratings came out. Uh, Riverheads, who we've already talked about, they're number one in 1B. No surprise. Shocker, yeah. Buffalo Gap, number, number one seven. in all of class one, which yeah. is meaningful, particularly between A and B for home field not advantage. Really. That's not surprising, though. They're going to be number one through all of class one because they're the best team in class one, and they're going to win the state championship for the fourth year in a row. Buffalo Gap, number seven in 2B. Uh, so right now in a playoff spot. Look, their schedule is going to get increasingly more difficult uh so i i don't know if i would project them into the playoffs when it's all said and done stanton another team that i'm not sure if they make the playoffs or not i mean one of these teams is going to make it um stanton is the eight right now uh into b they lost to central 14 to 12 uh i was the only one that picked central i was disappointed to be right um i picked central but i was hoping stanton was going to prove me wrong and it's, it goes back to my problems with Stanton this year and last year. So I'm not saying it's a coach thing. Uh, they're just too inconsistent. They haven't put it yeah. together for four quarters. And Central, who is not a great team this year, beats them in a very close game by two points. And no scoring in the second half. Yeah, Stanton, Stanton has got to get some work done uh, and once they get to district play. This week is not going to go well for them. They're going to get hammered by Lord Botetot. So just hope that everybody comes out of that game healthy and you learn something for the Shenandoah district. Uh, looking at those two teams, gap and Stanton were the last two teams we mentioned here in these PowerPoint ratings gap is going to win more games in district than we originally thought. But if they win those games, I think they can be right around that eight spot. I think Stanton has to surprise somebody to, to, to live up to expectations. They're like at this point, losing to central, they're going to have to beat, a team that we wouldn't necessarily expect at this point. And I think that list includes Riverheads, Stuart Straft, and Fort. I think they got to win one of those three games to live up to the expectations of what I thought Stanton could be this year. Um, you know, I didn't have them as the next best team in the Shenandoah district behind Riverheads, but I kind of had them in that right in that next area. And I, they're going to have to beat Fort. To, really that's their shot to to be what i think they can be i disagree i think if they beat gap and wilson i think ta is going to give them more power points when it's all said and done than any of gaps wins so assuming gaps only district win is wilson i i think stanton will get an above gap and east rock is the team right now at nine that i think gets in uh over one of these teams that's a good point that's a good point but, yeah, I didn't dive into the PowerPoints as deep as I usually do at points in the season. I just didn't this week. And, uh, yeah, that's probably true. East Rock's probably going to slip slip back in. Surprised they lost to Clark County, but they probably do slide back up in there somewhere. Speaking of Fort, uh, you and I watched this game, so we'll go more in-depth on this one than we have the other ones. But 37-6 to in a game where Fort Defiance just could not stop fumbling the ball. Uh, it, it was a continuous problem. Uh, they threw a couple picks. Monroe, I felt bad. I felt like we maybe jinxed him in the pregame. We had talked about how careful he had been with the ball and not turning the ball over all season. And, of course, he has the worst game of his high school career probably uh, that night against Rockbridge. And Rockbridge just 
ran away with it. Um, it I'll go ahead and say it now. Uh, I was uncomfortable with Rockbridge in the fourth quarter up 30, passing the ball with nine minutes on first and second down. If you're going to pass on third down to move the chains, keep the clock running, that's one thing. But on first and second down, it was just last year when Harrisonburg put 70 up on him. So I hope Coach Poston didn't have a problem. And Harrisonburg's not going to do that this year, but Spotswood might. And I kind of hope Spotswood does. And again, I hope uh, Coach Poston takes it like a man uh, since he would like dishing it out on Fort Defiance. Rockbridge isn't going to be good forever. And um, uh, you mentioned this on the broadcast Friday night, and I think you're right. I think Coach Rolf is a bigger man than that, and I don't think he's going to return the favor. But uh, I, I look forward to a team that will hang in on Rockbridge and, and make it hurt when they get in that position. Yeah, I mean, you've you've said enough there. I, I, I wasn't as bothered by it watching it happen but once you said it I kind of was like yeah that's that's not awesome but however um I I don't think 37 to 6 shows the difference between those two teams I think it's a it's a closer gap than 31 points do I think the better team won yeah I think Rockbridge has more talent um they had a good coaching plan they have a really good quarterback and so I'll give them that credit yes but I don't think they're 31 points better than Fort Defiance I was also impressed with how Fort Defiance despite all the things that went the opposite way self-inflicted included they kept fighting and I like that and um what the other thing I wanted to say about Fort I said it a lot on air on Friday night Fort tackles Fort really tackles and We've covered Waynesboro and Wilson and didn't see anybody tackling like that. We saw Riverheads and Glenver, and I would say that's the that's pretty good, solid, hard-nosed football. But since then, we've seen Buffalo Gap, and we've seen Stanton, and I will tell you it's a mile of tackling skill and ability and effort of what Fort Defiance is doing between those two teams. So when I start looking at a team that doesn't get up and puts guys on the ground, that's the team I'm choosing to win a lot of these games. And Fort Defiance did that against Rockbridge, a team that's more talented than every team I just mentioned right there. Um, so Fort Defiance, I have a positive outlook for them down the stretch. Them sitting in an eight spot in that region, uh, 3C right there, I hope they can make it because I think they would be interesting in the playoff. And, you know, maybe hopefully not right in that eight spot. I Hopefully maybe they can find the, that seventh or something uh, to give themselves a little bit of a chance, which in that region last year, those low seeds did a really good job. But uh, for Defiance, I'd, I'd like to see them in that playoff and have an opportunity because they're a team that's going to fight. And when you have a, a one or two seed, you know, hosting this uh, seven, eight, four, 14, they just had a big losing streak. I'd like to see them pop somebody in the mouth. I'd like to see them to give that opportunity. I, and th- you know what? The way they played, they're going to go into Riverheads when they play here in a couple weeks and they're not going to be scared. They're going to come ready to play now what result that produces is, is another story, but they're going to, gonna, they're going to come fighting and I I'll appreciate watching that game. It'll be 37 to six, but, um, or something like that. But yeah, to go back to your point, Rockbridge is really good and they just had more talent and uh, Miller J really impressed me. The sophomore quarterback. I mean, he was very good. He was putting balls exactly where they had to be. Uh, there was good coverage from Ford on most of those plays yeah. and he was just dropping the ball into his receivers. Uh, Jalik Lynch, and um, uh, the other one's escaping me now, but uh, very good passes. And he was accurate with the ball, and that makes it hard. Uh, there were a couple times Ford's defensive line got to him, put pressure on him, and that helped. But more times than not, I just felt like, uh, I mean, I don't I know. I think if they played school. that game 10 times, I think Rockbridge probably wins at eight. I, I don't, I oh, do think there's a little bit of separation there. 
there's a little bit. I don't think it's 31 points. No, it's but not I, 31 uh, points, but I'd say probably two scores. Back on the quarterback, I haven't seen a high school quarterback step up in the pocket like that mm-hmm. in years. And and we cover the Shenandoah district a lot where people are running the football. We're not seeing a lot of great quarterbacks. But even some of the better quarterbacks we've seen recently aren't don't have that pocket presence that that kid has. I mean, that kid is born bred quarterback right there. And uh, I'm interested to see the rest of his career and wh- where that takes him. Um, I think that covers it uh, for we got our, a big game this week for our teams for last week, though, is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Yes, this week uh, draft had a buy. Uh, they will play Loray. Loray is number one in the power polls in 2B by about half a point. And Stewart's draft is number two. So that will decide probably the one seed uh, going into the region 2B playoffs. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you heard me say Buffalo Gap seven, Stanton's eight. So three, four, five, six kind of full with other teams from other districts, but um, such a big game, huge game. It, this I mean, one's going to be big. This one is going to decide to be, and it's, it should be a fantastic game. I'm glad we're going to be there because in my opinion, um, these are the two best teams. And, and I think you're going to see a game that comes down to the last possession. Um, I don't know who I'm picking yet in this one, uh, but I, I think the question becomes, is Griffith, Trudell, Holloway, Atkins, these are guys that ran rough shot over Stewart's draft last year. Can Stewart's draft figure it out and stop them? Um, they're going to have Aaron Nice back, who I don't believe was as big of a factor when they played Loray uh, last year. Uh, he was more of a late bloomer at the end of the year last year, and he's taken off again this year. Can can they at least keep up? They- with they Lorraine. played late last year, but yeah, I mean, Air Nice is going to be a—he's got to be a factor in this game. He's got to be a big player. He's got to have two or three touchdowns. Yeah, and and for me, Draft is going to have to keep their offense on the field. I think we talked about this with Fort last week going into that game, and I, I feel the same way. Both of these teams are not going to look for big plays necessarily. They're going to look for long, sustained drives to keep the other offense off the field because both of these offenses have not had problems putting points up this season. It yeah. just hasn't been a problem. I think both teams, though, are going to find a big play. I really see this as being like tough nose, tough nose, one team breaks one, and then back to tough nose, tough nose, and then the other team breaks one. So I think it's going to even out with the big plays, and I think it's going to even out with the uh, tough nose, head-to-head, hard-hitting stuff. Uh, But I do see some big plays coming in this game where – I mean, sometimes it's, you know, it's like that summer storm when it just heats up and everything just gets all pressurized and all of a sudden a play cuts loose. I think that's what's going to happen in this game. I'm really looking forward to this game, probably more so than any game we've covered yet this year, uh, just because I know what it means too. look at these two teams where LeRae has the advantage in the PowerPoint sitting right here where drafts already played Clark County and Loray will play that. It's just a lot of similar stuff going on between these two teams. They're both going to be having the same goal come playoff time them playing each other right now in the middle of the season i love it um it's going to mean a lot it's going to mean a lot for playoff positioning so we're going to be talking about this game the rest of the year on what it meant and so uh, i'm really looking forward to it I, I agree too and again for powerpoints i think i think this game is more important for loray i mean or uh, not loray but draft in terms of powerpoints not that that means anything because if you win this game i think you're the one seed um but if you lose I think Loray um, is going to play better people the rest of the way, so there's no chance in you overcoming them. Because even in a loss later in the season, I think Loray is going to hold that over you because they are going to play. They're going to play Clark, which washes out your Clark win. They're going to play 
East Rock. They're going to play Page. They're going to play Strasburg, all who are better than the next Shenandoah District teams. And have those Dawn District wins. Yeah. So I I think you're going to be struggling to catch ground on them if you lose this game. But that being said, I mean, if you're the one or the two seed, when you play them is... in the playoffs, uh, I spoiler alert, I think these are the this is the region championship as well. So I think this is a good preview for that. I think the other way to look at that, too, is I think the team coming from the bull run, which is Loray, has a better mm. chance of going undefeated the rest of the way than does the team from the Shenandoah that has to play Riverheads. So uh, draft. Yeah, but they just to stay that game ahead. And then when if draft were to lose to Riverheads, then they still get a decent amount of power points against a team um, that would have probably 10 wins. Uh, but th- that's the other reason it's probably more important for draft to win this than Loray. I think Loray could still get the one seed, even if draft wins this game. I, I agree because I think the so, loss to Riverheads is going to cost you. Know, you're not going to get as many points as if you as beat many. Riverheads and Loray, if they run the table in the bull run is going to get, they're going to pick up more points from the teams from those teams because not a knock on the Shenandoah district. I said it last week and you tried to argue with me about it, but uh, power points are beholden. Um, bull run doesn't have a lot of teams there at the top. In fact, Gap and Stanton right now are seven and eight, and one of them is going to get hopped by a bull run team in East Rock, in my opinion. To be clear, you were right, but to be clear, I was talking about those Shenandoah district teams that just went over to the bull run. And but that's not that's not a relevant them. argument. You're trying to have a different argument you can, than me. You can argue that that's irrelevant. That would make you more right. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to have a different argument. <laughs> yeah, I take I take a little bit of pride this season on these teams that have grown up in the Shenandoah district with all these with. Page County, all those players played in the Shenandoah District last year. Uh, Larray brought a bunch of players back to play in the Shenandoah District. I'm taking a little bit of pride that those guys are going into that district and really performing well. So next year that's less, and after that it's none. But I just I have yeah. a little. And myself, my point is, my point is, when I look at the VHSL power ratings and it says district, it says Bull Run next to that school's name, not Shenandoah, not yep. not former Shenandoah. So to me, it's an irrelevant argument, but. We'll talk about the volleyball season in the B block. Uh, we'll get into that more. But uh, Leland, let's go on to high school golf where Wilson yep. has won the district and they won it by over 100 strokes. So uh, we don't talk well a done. lot of golf on here. <laughs> well not done. Even pro golf. You know, <laughs> yeah. we don't talk Tiger Woods that much on here. But I mean, when Wilson has a dominating victory in district as much as that, I mean, winning that tournament by over 100 strokes, I mean, my, I don't recall seeing a butt whooping that bad. So I just wanted to call them out. They don't play again until October 7th. And I think that actually got moved to October 8th. But right right around then, they play again uh, for, I think, region. So uh, mm-hmm. I think we're all cheering for Wilson to perform well there because uh, that's by far the best golf we have in the area. Yeah, uh, it would just take me one round of 18 holes to get 100 strokes. But um, Wilson <laughs> Wilson would beat me by 70 probably. But uh, yeah, really, really well done by the Green Hornets from Wilson Memorial. Okay, Leland, uh, this is going to be where I test my keeping my head. Uh, let's get to NCAA football here. Who cusses uh, first? <laughs> yeah. Um, we did not look good against Duke. Um, this really kind of... Oh, we played football this weekend? That's, this that's kind funny. of kicked off a weekend, Leland, in which I would describe as a weekend where I should have just gotten in the car and driven west and thought about the meaning of life and all the terrible decisions I've made to get to this point and the teams I root for um, and just drive (laughs) West until my car ran out of gas or until I found the meaning of life instead of watching football, because it was just a horrible, horrible, horrible weekend. Uh, And we'll keep it to sports here. But I mean, 
Duke, Duke killed us. Fort Defiance. I usually do a good job being impartial on the radio, but I was definitely rooting for Fort Defiance last week just because oh, yeah. I feel like they're that team that is right on the cusp of being good and they just can't quite make it over that that hill. And I wanted them to make it over that hill Friday night and they got killed. Um, we'll get to the Ravens later. They got killed. Um, well, they didn't get killed, but they looked... Well, no, they did. Uh, yeah, killed's killed. They got controlled, yeah. They got killed for the second week in a row, in my opinion, now. Um, but <sighs> this game was close for a quarter, and then Ryan Willis took over, and Justin Fuente and Cornelson or <sighs> whoever you want to put this on, or all three, or, <sighs> I don't know, recruiting, or I don't know. Again, this was a mess. All um, of it's it, it all fell, up, it all fell apart. All of it. All of it. All of it is relevant. It all fell apart. I, I'm not here for the apologists anymore. If you are sitting here and you're on Twitter, and it's mainly, I've noticed, like when the players tweet something, all the replies are, keep your head up. We got you. You're, you guys are going to turn it around. No, they aren't. They are going to get absolutely blown off the face of the earth by the Miami Hurricanes this week in a game that will absolutely make the Duke game look like a walk in the park. Because in the moment, it was ugly. It is the worst ACC loss at home, I believe, is what they put up. It's like the worst home loss we've had in seven, like since the 70s or something. So that's great. Um, it was on national TV, which is also great. Uh, and after the game... Play- no one should be playing on Fridays anyway. After the game, Fuente says, we're not ready to compete against a team of that caliber. Um, that's one of your easier conference games. So basically what Justin Fuente has just told you is I can't coach in the ACC and I'm tired of the excuses. Oh, oh, well, they're still a young team. That was an excuse last year. All these kids played last year. Did they learn nothing? Um, what have you been doing the previous, what did you do the first two years that you were a head coach? Did you do no recruiting? Because technically you don't even need to have freshmen and sophomores starting on your team if they're not the best players ever. Because you should be recruiting this whole time, which apparently he was not doing. I saw one person. Left too, I saw bigger. one person comment, "Well, we had a lot of players going to the pros." To which I replied, "Yeah, which year was that?" Because I, I don't know if you know this, we had zero players get drafted. You idiot. That was this past year, and the previous ones were Beamers guys. So yeah, that's not. Delete great, your Twitter great. because you're an idiot. Yeah. Uh, these people are so dumb. The people, if you find yourself defending Virginia Tech right now, delete your Twitter. Delete your Twitter. And stop watching football because it's not for you. You're an idiot. You I should. Mean, you need to go to a remedial course because you're an idiot. I got into it more on Twitter with people just saying irrelevant things. It's just, it's stupid. We talk about, I mean, the one, I think it was today that irritated me was bringing up all these stats of since 2004, <laughs> we entered the ACC and what kind of, well, that's all great. We, we were awesome. And that's why we expect to be at least better than we are now. I mean, in all honesty, I didn't come into this season just demanding ACC championship or bust. I wanted us to do better than last year. And I was talking about, you know, can it be nine wins, maybe 10 wins? Like, I really wasn't just stuck. I wanted the ACC. I was, I came up with a way we could do it and I was wrong, but it wasn't like my standard, which was kind of our standard there for a while in the ACC. We were going to that championship game every year and it was awesome. I, there's a, 
chasm between what that is and where we are at right now. So why are we bringing any kind of stats to explain anything that involve anything like when even when Beamer was there, even when Beamer at the end, when we're tied with Wake 0-0, <laughs> when we're terrible, as bad as it gets for Beamer era, that's still irrelevant. We are so bad now. It's just, we got to talk about what's now, and we got to fix what's now. And I realize we're not coach. We're not firing our coach this week. I get it. We're not gonna. I told you. I've told you that every time you talk about it. We're not gonna fire that coach this week. But we got to make some changes. And just the initial reaction from we have, I don't know what changes are really coming. I think maybe we'll see Hooker in the game sooner. But I think Willis is still gonna start. Okay. Um, Coral taking play calling from Coralson's not the answer. Well, um, then what is the get answer somebody involved? That is the answer because <laughs> that's the thing. What's the answer then? <laughs> like we keep having these situations like this isn't good enough, but like we keep getting told, well, this is the best court. Well, we've done terrible in recruiting. We're doing terrible in play calling We're we have no imagination in our offense. Uh, no one's executing <laughs> to, to be honest with one of your early points. I'm easier on the players with this whole thing than I am the coach at this point. I, I agree that the players aren't getting it done. They're not executing. They're the ones that have to perform, but I, I'm going to defend a player a heck of a lot sooner than I am. This guy that keeps doing the same thing wrong. It's ignorance to the 10th degree that he just, we're just bashing our heads into a wall and it's, it's terrible. And I'm just, I'm, what did I tell you Friday when I was in such a bad mood because we had paid attention this whole game while we were calling a radio on air? You've had a time to uh, accept this. You've known we've oh, this I've coach known. is bad yeah. for a long time. I'm just now accepting that that is the truth and that there is no out. There's no out from this. That's what's driving me crazy. There is no out. I almost too badly, I want us to always win. I always care about our team, and that's why I'm mad right now. But I almost don't want success the rest of the way, so we have to fire him because he's run the bell. I'm done with him. We lose to Duke like that at home on national TV together with everything else that's gone wrong in the last 13-plus months. The only high we've had is beating a crappy Florida State team that we was fool's gold. We It's done. If we beat Miami next week, that doesn't change my mind that Fuente is some good coach. That's going to be like, why didn't you do it sooner? Whatever caused that win, why didn't you make those decisions sooner? Because we're already screwed. I'm I'm done with him. I'm ready for someone different. And I'm eagerly awaiting that. And I think I'm going to have to wait another 13 months before I see it. I want to go over some tweets that um, are touching on the things you touched on in terms of recent. Uh, final 27 yeah. under Beamer. Final 27 games under Beamer. 13 wins, 14 losses. We averaged 25 points a game, gave up, or no, yeah, and we gave up 24.7. We were 5-10 right. and 10 against teams with a winning record. All right, what do we Last now? 27 games, 2017 to today, we're 14-13, and 13, so one game better. Okay. 27.2 per game. That's a couple, that's about a point and a half better. Okay. But we're giving up about the same amount of points, 25 points per game. We're 6-10 okay. and 10 versus teams with a winning record. That's only one better. That's half okay. a game better. So, so basically what he's saying is what we accepted, what, what we didn't accept from Frank Beamer at the end, we are now accepting. That's what I'm saying is one of these two guys built the program, so he got to stay here mm-hmm. while he did that. Oh, I agree. While many people, and I including big donors, were calling for Beamer to go. 
now, out of respect for him building something and actually doing something, and at some point in his career, coaching in a national championship game and bringing expectations to Virginia Tech that never existed there before, we gave a little credit and a little respect on his way out, just the same way that Penn State, Florida State, other big schools have allowed their legendary coaches to kind of go out on their own terms to a point. So those are oranges and crappy molded walnuts laying in the middle of the yard comparison. It's just not the same thing. And Fuente has done nothing to earn a benefit of the doubt. He won with Beamer's players first year. You, everybody talks about the 10 and two 10 win seasons or 11 win. A one 10 win season and, and a nine win season yeah. with Beamer's players. And the same thing when we had, uh, Barber on our podcast a couple weeks ago, and he talked about having all of Fuente's guys there now. It turns my stomach to hear that phrase because they're, they aren't good, and a lot of the good ones you've ruined and lost in a locker room, and they transferred out. It's just it's all adding up to terribleness, and I I'm it's just there's nothing he can do. We can there's no legitimate thing that we can do that's going to happen that would make me happy on Fuente. If we win every single one of our last games. I guess that could, but that is not going to happen. That's physically impossible from happening. We could lose and win and win some games that's surprising and still beat UVA. No, I'm still done with him. I'm, I'm done. What you were asking from me a couple weeks ago, where do we have to be to for me to be turned on Fuente? What's our record right now? Yeah, three and three and three. Two and three, three and two. Three and two. Three and two. We lost to Duke, and we lost the Boston College. BC. We lost two ACC games. I mean, just terrible. Just terrible. But you I'm know, already done. I didn't you, even make it to four games because you know what? Four games is happening in the next three weeks. You know who you sound like when you said you always root for Virginia Tech, but you almost don't want to succeed because then it means that he has to go. You sound like the players who transferred out because they didn't want to win that Marshall game because they thought not making the bowl would put pressure on him. We're not which is which is what I'm saying. When all these people said, "Oh, well, those guys were bad apples," no, those were your leaders. Those were your upperclassmen. When they see the problem, there's probably a problem. Now, I, I just, also want to touch I, I on guess something. I mean it a little bit nicer than that, though. Like. <sighs> There's just nothing he can do. There's nothing where I'm going to have faith that he's a good coach. After oh, that. I agree. He that's, can't that's recruit a quarterback. That's, that's where I've crossed That the line. has been discovered. He can't recruit a quarterback. Justin Fuente said after the Duke game, he never he had a chance time. to meet with the 99 so team. He didn't have crap. time. So oh, well, what were you doing? Obviously not coaching. And he, this goes back to the original point I was making when he says he's we're, we're not at a level where we can compete with a team like that in Duke. You had a bye week to prepare. That is what some people have mentioned and others are not even grasping in the situation. This is after an extra week to prepare for this game that this happened and this isn't good. And this is why all the people on Twitter and the Dax Hollowfields who say, when do wins become losses? Uh, when you beat Furman by seven, this is when wins become losses. When you play Duke and you lose 45 to 10, this is when wins become losses. And this is why you can't do this at Virginia tech. Yep. UVA, Almost really crapped on my weekend by leading at halftime against Notre Dame, but luckily the Irish came back and won. Um, but yeah, UVA looked pretty good, and uh, they're going to kill us. They're a decent football team. They're yeah, going to kill, kill us, us because I know their offensive line didn't look good against Notre Dame, but good news for UVA when you play Virginia Tech, we don't even have a defensive line, so it won't matter. Uh, there will be 11 people in Virginia Tech uniforms, but they'll probably be on backwards. In fact, they would probably look better if they were on backwards because then at least they would have an excuse they can't see. Uh, UVA is going to torch us. Bryce Perkins might have four touchdowns in the game rushing and another three passing. 
they're going to run up the score on us. It's going to mm-hmm. hurt. It's going to be bad. Um, I know UVA fans, uh, Jeff in particular, is probably not looking for moral victories, but this is a team that's still in the top 25. They will be in the top 25 at the end of the year. And uh, I actually thought their game against Notre Dame, they played quite well. They just didn't put it together in the second half. But Notre Dame's also a really good football team. Yeah, I mean, hey, we talk about Augusta, the sports that matter to the Augusta County sports fan. We mentioned UVA. If you guys want a more breakdown of UVA football, you're just looking at the wrong spot. Let's move on. Okay, well, I did my part, Jeff. Um, yell at Leland. JMU went to Elon. They won 45 to 10. <laughs> they they beat Elon 45 to 10. Uh, they're going to play at Stony Brook. Um, my only takeaway from this is JMU is really good in the FCS. And um, This is about the time last year that you said JMU was just going to beat everybody by 20, and then they... And then it fell apart. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. scared. I don't want to jinx them again, but they look really good. They do look good. I think I think they have a lot of wins ahead of them and hopefully a good playoff spot. Um, Ohio State beat the best team in the country in Nebraska. Oh, wait, no, Nebraska's not ranked. Okay, I'm sorry. I just I totally read Five that more. wrong based on Twitter and uh, Kirk Herbstreet saying Ohio State's the best team in the country based on what he saw this week because, holy crap, if you're basing Nebraska, what's Colorado? Because Colorado came back and beat Nebraska. So what are – I mean, Kirk is just totally in the bag for – Ohio State, which is fine. He's an alum. I get it. But not totally. He just has his moments. But I, uh, my poor Nebraska loving brother-in-law thought that they could keep that within 10 points. And I was like, I don't know, man. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I think we can just keep it within 10. I was like, I don't know, man. (laughs) And then he's like, and I talked to him like during game day. And he's like, well, I'm just watching the last 10 minutes of game day here and seeing who picks us. And I was like, I don't know, man. (laughs) Like, I didn't even think the guest pickers would pick them. No, Nebraska is not good. Um, but Iowa will play at Michigan at noon. I will be rooting for the Hawkeyes. I do think the Iowa Hawkeyes will pound them into submission. Ooh. Um, Michigan's not good. I don't know if I've I said that not, before, but I just don't have a lot of faith in Iowa either. So. Oh, Michigan's this really bad. Um, this isn't the Iowa of like 1998, so I'm, I'm not sure. And this isn't the Michigan of 1998. Um, Auburn plays Florida in what will be a really, really great game. And I do think Auburn will win. That's also my rooting interest. War Eagle, let's go. Um, take down the Gators in the Swamp. That's going to be a really good game. Um, I don't generally root for Auburn, and hearing you say that kind of irritates me. Are you going to root for Florida? No, but I watch the game and watch for excitement. Optimal War excitement. Eagle. Um, Ever since I was in uh, in uh, New Orleans for that Sugar Bowl that we lost to to Auburn, I was really irritated with those guys that night. So I, Man, I, that I'm fullback not, really should have caught that pass. Um. His name's escaping me. It's probably for the best. Michigan State, number 25 in the country, goes to the horseshoe to play at number five, Ohio State, where they will get murdered. Yeah. That being said, I hope there is a Sparty party and Michigan State finds a way to beat Ohio State because I also don't like the Buckeyes. What about something we did skip past? I mean, Clemson nearly got beat by UNC, a team that lost to Appy State a week ago. That. That was surprising. Yeah, and you know me. I'm all for going for two, but I thought there was too much time on the clock. I felt like even if Mac Brown gets that, you give Clemson the ball with a minute 15 and all three timeouts, I was like, eh, I almost I would rather tie it and then hope Dabo Sweeney just plays for overtime rather than make it to where he's... the rougher of the decision. Oh, that was a horrible play call. If you're but... going for it, let's call a better play than that. Yeah. All right, let's go to NFL. All right, let's go to NFL. Um, 
Let's start with the Redskins. Uh, they didn't look good. They lost 24 to three. Haskins came in, didn't matter. Um, Daniel Jones continues to look good. He looks so good that I've seen signs for him running for sheriff in Nelson County, which is interesting, um, <laughs> which is a nice Nelson County joke if anyone happens to ever drive through Nelson County or if we have a Nelson County listener, which we don't because I'm pretty sure they don't have high-speed internet. But the the New York Giants have found some hope for the future. They're still not yeah. a playoff team, but they found hope for the future while the Redskins are looking at burning it all down. The funny thing, uh, the nice tweet that I saw, I think it was last week. It wasn't even just over the weekend. It was like, the, the sad thing is Miami's trying to be this bad. The skins aren't trying yes. to be, and they are that bad. I mean, such a disservice to throw Haskins in there. I just, that's all I could think yesterday. I was like, you're ruining this kid. Like, but you've you been need saying to know how he's not ready to play. You need to you know, throw him in. You need to know if he's not ready, then you draft a quarterback this year because this year's draft class is better. And I think you're going to be able to draft a quarterback better than Haskins. They, they said uh, a week ago, they were saying, we don't want to play Haskins yet. He's throwing well and everything, but he's not ready. And now they throw him in the middle of this game. And then now you create a situation where like, are you starting him this week against the Uh, Patriots where he has no chance? uh, Like, I think they just could have waited till later in the season to, to make this move after the bye week, after the Patriots week, after they have their new coach in place, uh, you know, the interim coach. I just think that might have been the right time. I think this week, this it's just too early right now to have him in, especially a week ago when you're saying he's just not quite ready to be in there yet. So No, I agree. It's going to be not a fun year for Haskins or the Redskins fans. Um, the Ravens lose, and I've gone from we're going to win the division and probably make it to the playoffs and be interesting to – we're not going to go to the playoffs and we're done. Um, Who is going to win the division, Joe? Like, if you say you're not, maybe Cleveland. You've looked the best. You've looked the best. Maybe you're, Cleveland. You're I don't know. Did we? We beat the Dolphins, who aren't an actual NFL team, and we beat the Cardinals, who aren't very good. The uh, Chiefs' loss wasn't embarrassing. It was not a game we had a chance to win. And this game, we had no chance to win. We gave up an 80 yard run when it looked like we might have a shot. And we got it back to a one score game. We immediately give up an 80 yard touchdown. In a game where Baker Mayfield hadn't looked good all season, we made him look good. Our defense hasn't looked good. Uh, Last week was Patrick Mahomes. Okay, this week it's Baker Mayfield, who hasn't looked good all year until he plays us. Our running defense got gashed. Uh, I'm upset about it. I don't like the way this team looks right now, and I, God help us if we lose to the Steelers. Again, this was it's a week to week league, and and I think this was the whipped cream. This was the whipped cream on top of the poo sandwich <laughs> that I had to endure this weekend in terms of sports. Um, I, Liverpool I would shut up. I Liverpool won. Liverpool won, but only by a goal against one of the worst teams in the league. So holy crap. Thank goodness. I didn't get up to watch that at seven 30 on Saturday. Um, but yeah, I mean, back to the NFL, it, it's just, it's not good. I, I'm over. <sighs> We went for two at one point in this game, too, and luckily we got it. But in that moment, I texted I texted you because you asked me, why is he going for two? And I told you what I believe is now my honest opinion. It's only to shave years off of my life because I just get so angry. Yeah, it it does. It, (laughs) it, It seems to be only to get me angry at just the sheer lack of logic being applied to the situation. Like, oh, we should go for two here. And I'm like false we should not go for tv it's a really stupid thing that gains nothing i I don't understand it this time we got it but (sighs) 
I hate football. I love it still. You laughed at me on Friday because I, you know, we took the beating to Duke and I was like, oh, I'm not watching any football tomorrow. But like it was kind of in mind of I already knew I really wasn't going to be watching football the next day. And I actually didn't watch football games. Saturday, though. I told you I was going to. I actually yeah. didn't. I couldn't do it. There just wasn't games on that, like, was going to pull me in or make me rearrange my schedule or like say, yeah, we'll do this in two hours. You know, it just it wasn't a great weekend for college football. Um, I had the NFL games on Sunday while I was doing stuff around the house. It just irritated me to watch. I mean, I thought Gruden would get fired. I guess they're going to wait till after this week when the Patriots beat beat him down. Then they'll fire him next Monday. But I, he's done. Yeah, I watched the Ravens game. I watched some red zone during the one o'clock hour when I turned it off the Ravens game um, to keep myself. What are you doing? No, I have PlayStation View. You have red zone on view. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So. <sighs> I switched it off the Ravens game at one point just so I don't die before 40. Um, and, you know, other than that, Saturday I watched the last minute and a half of the UNC game. So I saw them score their touchdown and go for two and then watch them fail. And then I watched uh, the like about five minutes of the second half of Notre Dame UVA. And that was all I yeah. could do. And then I, was, I just got sick. I was just like, I can't do this. I hate, I don't like hate watching like you do. So I just didn't watch that much of the UVA Notre Dame game, but I was pretty aware of it. Um, but yeah, your Steelers uh, are playing the Bengals right now, which interesting spelling of the word Bengals, but I'm going to assume that was a typo on your phone. The, the Bengals. Yeah. The Bengals. Bengals. Uh, we got, I was impressed with Deshaun Watson. Uh, I, I, in a loss even he was handling questions after the game. And it just like reminded me of, like Cam Newton, who's out right now, who can handle some questions after they lost the Super Bowl and other times where he's thrown a little fits. I just like Deshaun Watson, where he's getting tough to ask tough questions and he, he gives like full out uh, detailed answers. So I like that guy. I really like Deshaun Watson. Uh, I'm, I'm going to continue rooting for that guy. Um, the other quarterback, and I'm just jumping back to college. I'm I don't like Oklahoma. I'm not an Oklahoma guy. It's just hard for me not to root for Hertz. I just. I like the kid. I want him to do so well. I want them to play Alabama in the playoff and somehow beat them. Mm. I like that Jalen Hurts. I just do. I want Texas to play in the playoffs, so I'm not rooting for that because I picked Texas. Also, I kind of I don't know what it is. I kind of like Texas. I like Bevo. I, it's kind of cool. They got to get these animals off the sideline. That's another reminder. That dog uh, got kicked and Mississippi It didn't State. get kicked. It got run into by a player that was sliding and lost his Yeah, footing. they need to get the live animals off the side of the field. Remember last year when Uga and the and the Bulls oh had their moment? Like, got to get these live animals off the side of the field. They just do. Like, bring them in pregame and have them run through the field and all that. I like that. It's cool. The horse and the bull, I, I like it. And the buffalo, that's impressive. But then let's go ahead and get them out of the stadium so we stop having these accidents happen on the sideline because it's only going to get worse. This isn't a situation that's just going to fix itself. It's a worse thing is going to happen. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's it's that big of an I'm issue. On, that's an odd hill to die on. I don't think it's a, as big of an issue as you're making it. One of these it. days they're going to rent a cougar out there and Coog will find a way. So. Oh, yeah. Coog did find a way escaping <laughs> that Kansas Zoo, huh? Good for that cougar. Um. Yeah, I don't think it's that big of a deal. If I ever have to watch LSU, if I ever have to watch LSU come play Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, I hope they let Mike the Tiger loose and it eats me before the end of the game so I don't have to watch the whole thing. 
when I went to LSU, they had that tiger cage right outside of the stadium. It was like the, so impressive. It was such an impressive thing to see. Uh, it was such a nice cage and everything. And then that thing just walking around in there. It was awesome. Louisa, Louisa County used to have a mountain lion in a cage. I don't know if they still do. I don't know if that's (laughs) gotten taken out of the budget or if PETA's had their way, but when Sharando played them in a playoff, when Sharando played them in a playoff game there, they had an actual mountain lion in a cage. It was insane. They also had a fire breathing lion in the the end zone. They have a fire breathing (laughs) metal lion in the end zone. And they had people jumping out of planes to drop off the game ball and shoot off fireworks. It was insane. It was the craziest high school atmosphere I've ever seen. This week in the NFL, Rams and Seahawks play Thursday night. Oh my gosh, you can't. Decent enough matchup, probably the best match of the NFL weekend, and it's happening on a Thursday night. So look for that. That's why I don't care. Don't put your best matchup on Thursday. Well, they don't know that when they make the schedule. But MLB playoffs, um, it's all set. And really the most important thing is these wild cards. Brewers playing at the Nationals on Tuesday, and uh, the Tampa Bay team is playing at the Oakland Athletics on Wednesday. Are you having some kind of protest? Say that again. Are you having some kind of protest over Tampa Bay's name? I just don't want to, you know, be offensive. You you set, you laid down the law early. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about no, Satan here in the middle. Tampa here, Bay so. Devil Rays. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to go. I don't want to be dirty like you and sin. On Actually, our their name's not the Devil Rays now. It's just the Rays. They they <laughs> did change it because of that, which is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, those are the playoffs. That has the local team. It has uh, the Nationals in there. So they did make it when they looked dead in middle of May. And even two weeks ago when it looked like they were training, going to the wrong place. Hey, but they got to win this one game. They got Scherzer going. I think there's a lot of debate on who should start that game. They did go with the guy that I would go with. I would like to have Scherzer pitching as much as possible. And uh, they're going to do that. That means they won't have him at the beginning of the next series if they're able to win. But they ain't winning unless they have him pitching in my mind. So. Well, yeah, you got to win as a team that's never won a playoff series. Again, I don't know if I count the wild card as a playoff series, but it's a one it's one game. So I don't know if that I don't can really be defined as a series, but you need to win the first game to get to the NLDS. Um, and frankly, at that point, it doesn't matter who your pitchers are. You're getting swept by the Dodgers. So I, I do think that the Nationals will beat the Brewers. Um, and then I think the Dodgers kill them. I think that the A's will win at home against the Rays. And then I think the A's push Houston a little bit, but I don't think they're good enough to win that series. Um, I think I'll take Houston in four. I'll take the Yankees. Uh, I'll take them in there. Let's see. They're playing the twins. I'll take them in three and the Dodgers will sweep the Nats. The Braves will win in five over the Cardinals. That will be the series to watch in the first round. Braves Cardinals. That will be your best series. Um, And then I have the Dodgers over the Braves in six. Although I hope the Braves win Houston beats the Yankees in seven. And I've got a rematch of the world series two years ago. The Astros win in seven. I pretty much agree with all your predictions. Maybe the number of games I would have argued with, but I'm not going to bore everybody deciding between four and five games. Um, I got the Astros winning it all again uh, over the Dodgers. And that'd be a rematch um, from what, two years ago? It, so I just said that, but yep. Um, I. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. 
Uh, my rooting interest, it lies with the Twins because I picked them in the preseason to go to the ALCS. Um, so I'm trying to find a way for them to do that. I don't think it'll happen, but I'm rooting for it. I'm rooting for the A's to cause as much trouble as they can. And I'm rooting for the Braves just because I, you could just see this coming. I think they're doing it the right way. Nostalgia, I guess, from the 90s Braves. Not that I was a huge Braves fan, but they were so good then. And, and they, were, they were a cool team to like, and everybody around here seemed to like them. So that's the three teams I'm really rooting for. I don't predict those teams winning a bunch of playoff series, but I'll be rooting for them. And if one of them can pull something off, I'll be really excited. Again, for me, it's just not the Dodgers, not the Nats, not the Yankees. I mean, if the Nats could do something, that would be cool, too. I'd be excited no, for it'd be people disgusting. around me. But, I mean, my teams aren't in it. My team just fired their manager, so yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah, weird. Basically, if you have a movie made about you, Twins and A's, that I really enjoy, I'm rooting for you. And then and I'm rooting for the Braves, too. So Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I guess not that weird. Clint Hurdle, he's either really good or time. really bad. Yeah. It was just time. It, it had worn on. He'd been there. He was, like, the second uh, longest tenured uh, manager in Major League Baseball. Like he had been there a long time now. So probably it's behind time. Bochy. It's time to move huh? on. I think Bochy's the number one. Yeah. That's why. I, and he's retiring. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm actually okay with it. I like Turtle. He, I think he did a good job. He got us to a lot of those wild card playoff games, and it was fun. But it's time to move on. Different message. Um, hey, at least we won more than 54 games. You know. Hey, we were 29th place. Um, last year we were 30th, which means um, I'm walking with Elias. It's a 28-point plan, 28 years, one point per year. At the end of 28 years, we're the World Series champions. We won't be doing the podcast in 28 years, so uh, it'll be You're going to be, be dead in 28 years, Leland? <laughs> I won't be dead in 28 years. You're going to kill me in 28 years, maybe? Maybe so. More nights like tonight, maybe so. did you catch the office reference at least i did okay well that was for you but yeah no the orioles in real talk um it's fine we've got a we've got a path uh i see pieces that i like austin hayes came up in september he looks really good santander's gonna be good mancini will be good um velar's i think you need to bring jonathan velar back just because you need to have some veteran leadership what concerns me is the pitching. If the Orioles can find some pitching, I think they have enough offensive pieces to be a team building for the future. Cool. But that will do it for us here. <laughs> uh, let's move on to some volleyball. All right, back here on the X Sports Podcast, we're at the gymnasium up at Riverheads. We're going to have a post-game interview uh, with Coach Sue Leonard of Fort Defiance. Patrick Height is going to help us out too, as he's going to be getting, uh, you know, uh, comments for his own job. So we'll thank Patrick ahead of this. But here's Coach Sue Leonard of Fort Defiance, the winning t- team here tonight at Riverheads. Good. Well, um, obviously, a uh, you come into an environment like this. You, you guys are, are used to that playing in the Valley District, playing teams like Rockbridge. But coming in here, it's loud. They're undefeated. To uh, to come out with a three-one win, what does that mean for your team? Well, I'm I'm really proud of the girls. We knew coming in here was a challenge because they own this gym. I mean, they've had so much success in here. Um, we knew about their fans ahead of time. Um, we knew we had to play up in order to beat them, and. We didn't always play up, but um, 
our defense was great. Our defense picked up so many balls. So, I mean, uh, Jordan Schultz, Ellie Cook, Lindsey Atkins on fire. I mean, they allowed Maddie Painter, who's a great setter, who was able to set a lot. Um, they allowed her to be able to do that. And, she just hustle plus. You talk about your defense. You know, they have a player like Abby Evers who is so good. And, and she did some things tonight, but I thought you guys were able to kind of limit her her damage to you. Yeah, we didn't stop her uh, blocking-wise. In fact, we didn't block very well at all. They, they got good swings. Our back line defense picked up balls. But um, we knew, because I we scouted her, we knew exactly what she was going to do. We knew she was going to get her kills. Um, you know, our defense, our blockers could not block her, but our defense could pop it up. So that was that was kudos on them. Uh, can we talk a little bit about uh, 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 Goggins and Garber, especially in that uh, yeah, that final one? Had, they really played well. Yeah, they both had good offensive night, um, and we needed that. I mean, we needed all of our hitters to be full throttle. Um, Maggie is has a bad finger right now, so she's not able to hit real well. Um, she started out the first game. I think she did a really good job the first game, and then it, it was hurting her a little bit. And then she got she got nailed with the ball too. Um, kind of shook her up a little bit. But uh, Kirsten, Kirsten and Laney took over that last game. They took over. Um, Laney's money quality. Anyway, if we can get a pass, um, Kirsten's going to get a lot of swings. She's a good hitter. She's she's developing into a good hitter. And going into to district play to start out with a game like this on the road to get a win, is that something that can give give you guys some momentum as oh, you head yes. in? Yeah, we knew that we knew what we were getting. When we moved down to the um, Shenandoah district, we knew volleyball wise was great. We uh, we already knew about Wilson, you know, because we play them, and we already knew about Riverheads. Everybody, you know, was pretty quality, so we knew what we were getting. Um, we knew we had to play, we have to play high in order to win against a team like this in a hostile gym. I mean, I'm, I am so proud of them. Well, congratulations. We, yeah, we were, we were, we knew 100% that we didn't want to get into the fifth game with them at, in their court. So we, we needed that fourth game. And they were up 7-3 and we were able to come back. So that, you know, thank goodness. Uh, I might ask a, a juicier question that uh, he, he might be too nice not to ask, but the referee and some questionable calls, calls went the way you didn't think they should go. You know, what are you telling your players at that moment? Like, how do you calm them down to, to focus on what they need to take care of and what they can control? I always tell the players, officials never lose, win or lose ball games. Uh, players do. So the officials are down two officials with no line judges. So we'll get calls and we won't get calls. I mean, that's part of the game when the VHSL says that we don't get two line judges. So I, I, I don't know that it was any, I, I thought they did a fine job. Um, you know, maybe that last call that was in, you know, definitely, and he knew it. When, he, when all of our parents yelled, he knew it. Um, but no, I didn't have any problem with the officials. I didn't feel like they were making bad calls. Good, you know, I didn't, they were non-issue. To me, they were non-issue. Players gotta do it on the court. Uh, looking back at your season to this point a little bit, uh, you've had some big wins and some tough opponents. You know, talk about you know the season up to the Shenandoah District season and how it's prepared you for these tough teams you're going to see in district. Well, it has, it has prepared us. Although we really haven't seen Rock Rockbridge was yeah. was really good, and the tournament that we went to at Fluvanna was really good. We have not 
had anywhere near that competition. So that was our first real test that we've had in, we had since Rockbridge. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure it's, it's prepared our focus, I think, because we really have, it's hard not to play down to teams, so you really have to stay focused. Um, this, this team is unusual because we graduated six players last year. I would have never expected us to play as well as we've been playing, um, having six seniors graduate. So it's been a real thrill. They're very enthusiastic. They play great on defense. Um, we've got hitters who are, you know, we don't, we're not just one hitter. We've got yeah. many hitters. So, and so it's been fun. It's been fun as a coach to, to watch them develop. Well, awesome. Uh, we always ask a question at the end of our interviews for our podcast, um, and it's, it's not volleyball related, so I'll give you the heads up real quick. Uh, when you're not coaching volleyball, when you're not busy coaching the team and, and this, watching TV at home, binge watching, what's your favorite show or what show do you like to turn on Netflix or anything like that? I don't watch TV very well, much. Well, there you go. How about <laughs> movies, anything? I, I've, no I've been reading books. I'm getting go. ready to go to see Hamilton. It's coming November. Oh, that's Michigan. great. I am learning revolutionary heroes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really what I've been doing. That's the best recommendation yeah. we probably had on the podcast. So thanks for coming on with us you're and uh, good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. So uh, that was Coach Sue Leonard of Fort Defiance. We thank Patrick Hyde for uh, helping us out with the front side of that interview so we didn't use up too much of her time. But, Joe, I mean, an impressive night where, you know, Fort Defiance probably came in the favorite tonight in this game uh, just because of the experience they've had this season and, and the tr tradition of what Fort Volleyball is. Riverheads held their own pretty well, but Fort did look like the better team tonight. They did. Uh, that first game, I think they won the first game, and then the second game went to Riverheads, and I kind of looked at you and was like, all right, well, this could be interesting. And they, Riverheads seemed to start out each game with a lead and then it would get away from them and Ford Defiance would get their composure and then come back. Um, we heard coach talk about it and I was really impressed with their ability to recover when Riverheads, they tried to play it over that top line a lot and not a lot of spikes uh, or kills from Riverheads, I, I felt like. And uh, Ford Defiance did a good job adapting to that, coming up, getting the digs they needed to and then setting up some very hard kills there in that last set. I think you and I mentioned that there at the very end. It was like, hmm. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> she's coming with some force there. So, uh, And, and that really was Goggin. I mean, she was yeah. killing it and, and awesome. And she's just a sophomore. I mean, there's a lot of comparisons to other volleyball grades at Fort Defiance with her. And uh, seeing her kind of for the first time on varsity tonight myself, she's, uh, she's on her way to have that kind of potential. Yeah, and watching this team do this, we've talked about it on the podcast, Leland. It really is going to build a lot of confidence for this sport team when they get closer to the playoffs and that's kind of what you know everything is gearing up for now at this point is you're getting ready for playoffs and postseason and I think this four team is could be making a lot of noise in 3C if they keep improving and playing better uh, night in night out and Riverheads you know I know they lost this one but you're going up against a very good class three volleyball team you're not going to play somebody this good in class one until late in the postseason um, this is a team that Almost won a state championship last year. I would expect them to be making a similar yeah, run this year. At least year. contending for it, yeah. 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 Um, and also, I think tonight kind of proved to me that, like, when they when Riverheads goes to play Wilson, you know, another undefeated Shenandoah district, they're going to hang with them. That's going to be a match to watch. So uh, just as Coach Leonard said there, the district's very good, and I think that was on full display uh, here tonight at Riverheads. I agree with you, Liam. I think uh, Fort Wilson, Riverheads Wilson, when those three teams are playing each other, that's must-see volleyball. Yeah, and, I, and, and and much less you've got Stanton and Stewart's Draft that can do things as well in the district. So it should be a fun season. All right, let's get out of here and get into the D block.
Okay, Leland, let's dive into the D block. Uh, what is dominating my life is Peaky Blinders is coming back. I'm powering through the first four seasons because season seasons. five drops. Uh, oh gosh, yeah, season five drops Friday. Um, each episode or each season, excuse me. Is this me. like a superhero thing? <laughs> no, good question. Um, <laughs> it's about a a gang in the uh, Roaring Twenties. In Birmingham, uh, England, that is full of Irish family uh, called the Shelbys. Uh, they are fighting the government in season one and I season didn't know two. Twenties in England were roaring. Well, it's roaring twenties if we're America. Industrial Revolution if you're in England. Um, but yeah, and that my friend is a revolution. Cool. Um, That's a Billy Madison reference. Great. <laughs> Um, fantastic. Let's keep re- referencing more unfunny people on this podcast. As <laughs> I was saying, Adam Sandler with that one. So it's just bar for the course. They, uh, fight the government in season one and two. They fight Russians in season three. And, um, can't remember season four now off the top. Oh, Italians in season four. Um, but each season's about six episodes. So actually if you're binging it, in terms of other shows that you have to catch up through four seasons. It's not that long, but season five is coming up. I really, really like it. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait. Cool. I binged a show in the last week after the Emmys last week. Fleabag yeah. won a bunch of Emmys. And so I was like, it's a comedy. I'm going to give it a shot. You know, like, let's try it. Uh, Mom, don't watch this show. But everybody else, there's funny <laughs> things about it. I enjoyed watching it because it was a comedy that, like, you didn't see what was coming. It was fairly raunchy, and it starts out solidly there, and uh, it, it 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 lays out, hey, this is the subject matter we're dealing with very early in the show. So it it tells you what it is, and but after that, and I think early first season, they're just going for shock value a little bit. After that, it kind of settles into some pretty good storytelling and really um, surprises you with storylines, and it's just so different. I mean, it's it's real life. It's it's uh, legitimate things that could happen, but it's just pretty crazy. And it's a woman kind of going through a uh, breakdown after a lot of death around her uh, between her mom passing and uh, uh, her best friend passing. And it's her relationships with her family. And um, it's really it's just really different. So if you're in to if you can handle the, the raunchy comedy, try it. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it because it's, it's good. It, it, it reminded me. The uh, what I had in BoJack, where things were diff, like you know, BoJack's just different. Um, oh, it's it very reminded different. me a little bit of like it's a good storytelling from a from different ways. And so, uh, speaking of BoJack, BoJack's ending. This is it. This is the last season. When's it coming out? They got some coming out in October or November, and then the second part of the new episodes are coming out in January. I think they have to retool the end to like wrap it up. Um, but yeah, this will be it for BoJack. But we talked about that before. Yeah, we have. That's a really dark show. Is this a dark show too, or I mean, dark in terms it, of material? I mean, I know it's raunchy, and you've said that, but it's raunchy and and fairly negative. But you do get a lot of good laughs. What's really cool is she breaks the fourth wall a lot. Like she's yeah. looking at the camera and talking to the camera a good bit, and um, it's cool how it's done. And it's like right in the flow of a conversation. She'll she'll say something to the side. It's no timeout. Zach Morris say by the bell style. It's like within everything else still going on. And the second season is really good. That show's very easy to binge. It's like six episodes, six or eight episodes, half hour each episode. 
and two seasons and you're done. There's no more coming. So it's it's you can really take on the whole thing quickly. So okay, well I'll save more questions for after the podcast. Um, what do you know that we need to know, Elon? What I know that you need to know is that I'm so happy that the Stonewall Jackson Generals won a football game. Watch that team be terrible for the last decade. And I was really happy to see them win a football game. They played Rappahannock County on Friday night, beat them down. Uh, they had their coach on TV three and I saw clips on Twitter, uh, post game interviews. And, uh, you could just see the joy in him and talk about the players. And he was very putting the players first, not talking about himself. That's his first victory at the school. And he's been there three or four years now. So 41 straight losses that's over. They've got the win. I don't know how many more wins they're going to get this year. Probably none, but it was good just to see them get that one win. I'm happy for them. That's a team. When I played uh, high school football for Riverheads, that was a rival. That was like the best team other other than in the Shenandoah district. I mean, we battled them, um, played one of the hardest fought football games. It was like a 21, nothing game. And, uh, but it was just like such defensive dominated game. Uh, and we really went to that game expecting it was going to be really tight. And there was a lot of, message board talk and that was early days of message board mm -hmm. that was such a good program uh coach kroll up there had built something really good it just had really fallen off so i'm, I'm happy to see him get that win and uh good for them is, is pretty much what i gotta say for that okay well after a horrible horrible weekend late last night i was on facebook and across my nude feed news feed came this uh post from your wife leland uh and with the caption that simply said, I laughed way too hard at this. And I saw it was the Aristocats, and I was like, all right, I'll bite. And it said, Aristocats v. Lizzo. And I didn't know what a Lizzo was, but I clicked <laughs> on it. And yeah, I didn't either when she told me about it. <laughs> yeah, Lizzo is apparently an artist. Um, and she's got a rather catchy tune, because after I listened to it, I then had to listen to the whole song, uh, which is a catchy tune uh, called Truth Hurts. And wow, it is synced up perfectly with their mouths and everything. It's almost like Disney wrote it for that. Um, I laughed really, really hard. Uh, again, if you can handle a little bit of language, it's funny. If you can't, not for you. Because um, there are one or two not podcast safe words. Uh, so I thought it was hilarious and it really cheered me up. Yeah, it was a good one, and she was laughing pretty good at it. So uh, I'm I'm in support of you uh, letting everybody know about that. We'll get it tweeted out. I've watched week. it mm, fifteen times. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's been that kind of week. Hockey starts Wednesday. Also, I want to mention that. Uh, are the Caps, Caps winning it this year? Are they gonna no suck this year? <laughs> no, we're not gonna suck, but we're not gonna win Stanley Cup. Well, you gotta pause before you say suck. You gotta you gotta give that phrase its honor. We will not <laughs> suck this year. Yeah. But we won't win uh, the Stanley Cup. I don't pay attention to hockey till spring, so we'll talk then. Uh, two stories that I think are relevant that to bring up uh, outside of our usuals. Um, we've missed a story for the last few weeks. There was a yak loose. It was on its way to get butchered, and it got loose in Nelson <laughs> County and was just roaming the county. And what a great they place were looking to for it. There'd be sightings <laughs> and they go there and he's not there. I mean, for the Yak oh, yeah. podcast spelled a little different. It, it was big. We should have been covering this the whole way. We should have been having root and interest. I feel bad that we missed it. I even knew about it last week and I forgot to talk about it, but it's over because he got hit by a car and uh, 
of all the things to get it's gone now yeah I, I could have told you the people weren't going to catch it because, like I said, there's a large swath of Nelson County don't have high-speed internet. There's probably no way for them to, like, get on social media and be alerting the police of where they are for the young people <laughs> yeah. there. I mean, uh, it's like real-life Pokemon Go in Nelson County, except it was a yak, and they were just trying oh, to find the thing. wow. Uh, so, uh, you know, for the yak, he had a, yar- a lot of yards Meteor after the catch. Meteor the yak. Meteor the yak. He had a lot of yards after catch, but he he is no more roaming around, and that's yeah, a shame. That some vehicle Vontez perfect him. <laughs> We're full of references tonight. Um, all right, now let's get into one more thing, and I just want to. I'm probably going to get in trouble at home about this, but hey, JMU, careful. We're not rivals. I'm a Virginia Tech fan. JMU, we're not rivals. We might steal your coach every once in a while for girls basketball or something else. But we're not rivals. Where you might beat us in one football game ever. Uh-huh. We're not rivals. So stop coming our way and stealing our statues. Don't do it. It's stupid. It's 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 crazy. You're spending a lot of money to tear down our Hokie Bird statue and destroy the thing in the process. And then it makes everybody there look bad. This kind of behavior, these kind of decisions are the reason you don't have your fraternity on campus because you can't behave yourself. So don't be destroying things. Act like adults. If you want to come toilet paper something, you want to do something, that's fine. Stop destroying things. And and when you go to one of your real rivals, because it ain't us, you can go to Richmond and William & Mary and try to do something. Maybe not destroy, you know, pieces of property. That's what I got to say about that. Oh, wow. I didn't click on this link. I had to click on it after you started talking about JMU. I was like, wasn't it found in Charlottesville? But, yeah, so they dumped it off in Charlottesville. Um, well, real classy. But... Yeah, I don't like it. I, we're not rivals. I think that's dumb to vandalize property. So, <sighs> oh, well. James I mean, again, finest. another say by the Bell reference. You know, my wife and I were talking about this, and I was like, I mean, that's bold. I mean, that's like, that's, that's, you're really doing something there that, that's costly. And, and, uh, she's like, yeah, well, this isn't like in Say by the Bell where they stole, stole the dog mascot. And I was like, you know what? That's pretty bad, too. They shouldn't have stole like a live animal from another, like, that's, that was bold and Say by the Bell, too. This, it is worse. You're destroying property. Stop doing it. It isn't cool. No, it's not. All right. Let's get out of here Just before we get into a fight. I'm, I'm glad we started laughing at each other a little bit more down, <laughs> down the stretch there. Next week, I'll be in a better mood. So make sure you're listening next I week won't. on Podbean, Apple, Google, or Spotify. Tell your friends to listen to them on there and subscribe. And if you want to interact with us, which we would really like you to do, Follow us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod or on Facebook. Facebook. That'd be an interesting site. Facebook at Yak Sports Pod and, or email us at Yak Sports Pod at Gmail. So feel free to be in touch with us. Feel free to listen. Feel free to subscribe and come back next week and we'll talk more high school sports in the Augusta County area. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.